What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the table by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Bonjour now. Bonjour to you as well. How are you this fine morning? Doing much better now that I've realized that my car isn't broken. <laughs> you now figured, the window you that functions. out like literally the right after we finished the episode. After we finished the episode. Because <laughs> I asked you to go Last outside week. with yeah. me to see if I could, if you could like help shimmy it down. Because I was like, is it actually broken or is it just stuck? Yeah. Uh, neither. The window lock was on. <laughs> No, a good laugh was had by I'd all. hit it by accident, and <laughs> that was the problem. Nothing was broken. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Things like that happen all yeah, the time. Yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many times I like go to fix something or find something that's been right in front of my face the whole time. It just—it's just one of those things. Much like Team Chat Podcast has yeah. been right in front of your face this whole time. This whole time, this it whole is time. just one of those things. And you know what you can do here on Team Chat Podcast? Well, you can listen to us talk about video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesday. No, not Tuesday. Thursday morning. Still getting used to that, oh, apparently. <laughs> Thursday mornings. And you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that in the description below. You can also find links to our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server. And also, if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, just like Super Saiyan Ace, Elise F, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done. You can go over there and support the show for as little as a dollar a month. And in return, we'll give you some cool perks and other little extra goodies along the way. But if you can't do that, no big deal at all. We've got a, There are a lot of other great ways that you can help support the show for free, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, subscribing wherever you're listening to, or watching the podcast. All that great stuff helps get the good word of Team Chat Podcast out to the masses. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And thank you to each and every one of our listeners, viewers, patrons alike. Heart emojis, we love you all. Smooches. Smooches. All right. But we got a fun episode coming up today because we are taking a suggestion from one of our friends of the Listener show. Suggestion, Ark. She brought us a very fun topic. She did. This was a great idea. And as soon as she suggested, I was like, "Are we idiots? <laughs> what, well, I, I why have we thought to do this I'll, before?" I'll explain this. I feel like we've done a similar, but not a direct this one before. Yeah. So I think so. This is this one will still be very fun. Yeah. Her suggestion was specifically: Have you guys done a video on games where the sequel ended up being (parentheses) vastly better than the first game? I think that's a really good idea. We oh, haven't vastly better. Vastly, Ooh. yeah. Okay. So, but it, it's in parentheses, which means it's optional. <laughs> okay, good. Because I, I was like, I mean, man, if I'm going back to the sequel of a game, it's because I usually yeah. pretty much like the first one a lot. So, <laughs> and then she went on to kind of clarify: it doesn't necessarily have to be the second title. Basically, any game series where one of them wasn't the first released. It's just better slash superior to the others. So it just basically can't be the first in the series. It has to come after that and be better than its predecessors. Okay, okay. So it doesn't have to be the direct sequel or anything like that. It doesn't have to be the direct sequel. All right. Well, that's good because my... uh, Yeah. My list. Well, why don't you start us off then? Okay. I've started the past two to three That's times. true. That is very true. <laughs> it's your turn. Uh, <laughs> we decided to skip our Horizon Forbidden West this update. We've talked it in a with you at all, except psych, a sequel better than the original. Just kidding. <laughs> got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. We're still talking about it today. This is just our review part two. Oh my God. That would be so funny if we didn't even do the real. The real like, uh, I, I can't oh, decide if I think she would man. be a little mad or like, oh, they got me. <laughs> I think she, <laughs> they got the me. The amount of memes and Jokes that she posts to the team chat Discord, which are fantastic, and I love every one of them. Yeah. Uh, I think that she would. Uh, I think she'd find it all in a good fun. I, I, feel I think like. she would too. But then, if we didn't follow it up with the real episode the next time, then she'd be. Pissed. Yeah, but no, we're <laughs> just kidding. We're actually doing the the real yes. episode of the real topic that she provided. So the first one actually is one that. The very first game, it is hard for me to say, I think, in this ranking for me, that there are ones that are vastly superior. It's usually they just, for me, that they built so much upon the foundation of the first game and added new things in, and that's why it's like, this is a really great uh, continuation of the story. But the first one, I kind of got to start with a simple one in the fact that Overcooked 2. Oh, good Good choice. Overcooked I two. didn't even think about it that. It was one that I like kind of hit me late, but I was like, oh, oh yeah, Overcooked yeah, 2 is so much better than Overcooked selection. 1. Uh, so actually, I've only ever played Overcooked 2 briefly mm-hmm. with you and Sam. I've played the first one both on my own, which is impossible. And yeah, with, why would you even try? Yeah, God. And with Bro Mogan, and it was still impossible, and we were like, wow, we fucking suck at Sam Overcooked. Sam and I are a well-oiled, a well-oiled machine when it comes to Overcooked. So I, we have perfected our techniques our timing much like proper chefs uh, of course yeah. we're, we're in there we're t- we're saying the yes chef yes chefs no chefs yes, no 
or 86 on the on the fish chef you know all that stuff. 86 the fish chef <laughs> anyway so what makes overcooked 2 so much better than the first game well just purely that it does build on some mechanics and make some things simpler and easier uh, around the kitchen and just add in more additions to the gameplay that make it more fun for those of you who don't know what overcooked is it's a timed kitchen sim basically like you're cooking you're trying to prepare food for your patrons following these different recipes if you spend too much time on the recipes they can run out of time which lowers your which makes you lose your streak uh which lowers the amount of points that you're trying to get and there will be all these other catastrophes or things going on in the kitchen like in some levels rats will come out and steal your ingredients away there will be like rotating areas that you have to hit like switches and levers and stuff to to get to to be able to access certain ingredients or cooktops it's just crazy fun And then there's a whole other element of the more people in the kitchen, it makes it somewhat easier to actually like, you know, produce a lot of food quickly. But in the end, you're, you're also like, it adds another layer of chaos and it's just crazy. Two players. It's very fun. You start adding the three and the fourth. Woo. You're in for a good time. (laughs) Oh, a good time. Okay. A good time. A good crazy time. Yes. You would say enjoy that. Like I find that level of stress so unpleasant. Like to a certain extent, I'm like, okay, this is pretty fun. And then it gets to the crazy level and I'm like, Get me the hell out of here. I mean, this could also be because Sam and I are very obsessed with it, and we just, like, are way too good I mean, you're, you're good at it. Like, you guys have gotten it down, and I just haven't really put the practice in, and yeah. I never will. <laughs> but, I th- but I just think that, so that's a, its core, and, you know, there are different worlds with different theme stages and different things that you could go through. You can unlock all these very cute and adorable chefs uh, and everything like that. In fact, for one of my birthdays not too long ago, uh, we actually had it as, look overcooked-themed and all this stuff. And everybody cute. Wanted. The chef hats and whatnot. Adorable. Very fun. Uh, but the thing about Overcooked 2 is it did just kind of... I don't like the story of Overcooked 2 as much because it's... Although, well, I, I do take that back because it does have some very fun nods to pop culture. Being that in the very in the first Overcooked game, you're like trying to save the world from this spaghetti monster that's trying to destroy a city. So you actually like go back in time to quickly gain skill your cooking skills to be able to satiate this beast's appetite as by the time he's actually here wreaking havoc. Very funny, dumb premise, yeah. but still, it's it's a delight. What's the this king's one, name? Uh, king. Just the Onion King. Just the Onion and King. And then he has his, his dog, dog, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's just a, so all of like the people in this world are either food themed or they're dopey little chefs with no yeah. legs. And then there's Kevin, a fully formed, normal looking bulldog, yeah. like a little French bulldog. And it's like Kevin, the cutest. You really lucked out, buddy. You really got the got all the gains in this world. It's true. <laughs> and when he you complete a level on time and everything, he and the Onion King are dancing and they're happy. They're having a good time. It's great. So. Uh, Um, and then, uh, but what's funny is like the onion King and Kevin will talk to each other because Kevin's like smart and knows what's going on. He still just talks and barks. Kevin's genius. (laughs) (laughs) Helicopters and stuff like that to bring you (laughs) ingredients. See, this game gets crazy, but they just added in little things. Like I love that. In Overcooked 2, it adds in the ability that you can actually throw ingredients to each other. Yeah. Which so that's is something a I've huge, never, huge yeah, improvement. That's something Bromogan and I have never like encountered before. Yeah. So I, I don't doubt that it makes it very, very different. It makes it, it makes it more fun in that it can help you overcome some of the environmental obstacles. Being that you can like, if a path is narrow and you can fall off, which knocks you out for a few seconds, you know, and all this other stuff, you can instead throw the ingredients straight from like where the crate that you pick them from into a pot or a pan or something like that. So you can like really like one person can be by the pots chopping stuff up. You're throwing them ingredients from across the room. So that's just like adds in some fun new things. There were some different like uh, transport, like they had these like portal things that you could go through that you had to like figure out the right combination. Like this one would go into the middle, but then you had to go into the portal on the left of that one to go to the right side of the map. So like different little more things like that they added in. It just, and then they've just expanded on it with, you know, of course the more chefs, which are more fun to choose. They they actually had the Swedish chef. (gasps) From the Muppets. Incredible. Which, uh, Sam has usurped Sam's cat, usual cat chef that she uses, is, and now she's a Swedish chef. I mean, that's understandable. Does does Swedish chef have human hands? Like, just Not like huge or anything, but just like... human hands? I mean, he just got his hands that and stuff like so that funny. doing his own thing. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it was pretty, it's pretty good. But yeah, so it's just like, I just feel like they added the right amount of improvements and, and like tweaks to the system that's already there and the amount of different... Uh, like uh, recipes and things that you can make. Like this one, they had you making fruit smoothies and all this other stuff. They had like tons of seasonal events and DLC that you could add on to, which we of course bought and played through and all this other stuff and just add some different things. Like I said, the story of Overcooked 2 isn't my favorite because this one is like, it's the rising of the undead. So there's like all these zombie toasts. The unbred. The unbred, thank you. Uh, But then the fun like 
pop culture nod that I love is that this happens because the Onion King is messing around with the Necronomicon. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Hysterical. Obviously referencing the Necronomicon yes. from Evil Dead and stuff like that. But anyway, from so... From the Evil Dead? You mean from H.P. Lovecraft, well, you fool? That's what I'm more associated... No more of the Evil Dead, so... Good heavens. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, it has those fun little uh, nods and stuff to that. So, just took a game that on its core I did not anticipate was going to... Uh, Grab hold of me so much as Overcooked did, but the Overcooked 2 just took everything of the first and just made it better. So would you say, is there any reason to play Overcooked if you already, it, like, if you had Overcooked and Overcooked 2, and you, you know, not that you could only pick one, but yeah. if you've already got Overcooked 2, do you think there's any reason to go back to Overcooked 1? No, because, mm-hmm. the, because the game, because then we have, and you're like, why can't I throw things? Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> not in Overcooked 2. Gotcha. So I think there's a little bit of that, but on the PS5, they do have the Overcooked All You Can Eat edition, which has Overcooked 1 and 2 and all the DLC and stuff like that. For, Very nice. So yeah, lots of options Excellent. for you. And it's out on like Steam, Switch, it's everywhere. Yeah, so, it's, it's for everything. It's a fantastic basically. game. Yeah. And so. it runs pretty well on Switch. Oh, that's which good. Which I think is... Oh, oh yeah, I, I have, have it on, on Switch, too. <laughs> actually, I don't. I have it on PlayStation. I don't nice. know why I was thinking Switch. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. Overcooked 2. If you want to be a, a chef in a hectic situation, go check it out. Better yeah. than Overcooked 1. Excellent. So, what's your what's one of your sequels better than the it's original? It's Aloy Goes West, duh. <laughs> it's actually not. Because <laughs> you haven't played the yeah, first. Yeah, because I haven't played the first one, so I can't talk about it. But I have played all three games in this series, and it's one that we have talked about before, but we haven't revisited in quite some time. Yeah. Want to guess what it is? I feel like it before, gets haven't revisited mentioned in a long time. quite a bit, but we never really, like, we haven't in-depth discussed the series in quite a while. It have gone. Bravely Default 2. Pew, oh, pew. No. Oh, Bayonetta? No. No. Oh. Actually, Bravely Default 2 would have been a good one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Redo. Fuck. Scratch this one. Um, I don't know. I'm blinking. Uh, it has water, and, and you have a gun. And you have a gun. There are vending machines. Machines, water, guns. It's not Splatoon Two, is it? No. Oh, oh god, okay. I didn't think so. <laughs> also, just a quick, a quick aside. While you think, I did consider doing Splatoon, but when uh-huh. I really thought about it, no, so the Splatoon One was the superior game. And now you're gonna have to measure <laughs> yeah. it against Splatoon Three, which I am soon. very excited about. So even though I didn't think that Splatoon Two was better than Splat One, mostly for the reason that it got way too competitive for me. Mm. Like even on the casual settings, it just was a slightly different play style that I was like, no. Yeah. This one isn't for me. The first one was for me. So it's not Splatoon. I, I'm one. liking I can't. Bioshock. Oh, my God. Water, guns, and vending machines. That's, oh, yeah. It's a circus of values. <laughs> it's a yeah, no, I forgot. Values. I completely forgot. No, Bioshock's a good one. That's actually really why I wanted to talk about it because I feel like, in my mind, it has not been that long since Bioshock Infinite came out. In reality, it, it has absolutely been, though, right? has been. Yeah. It's been what? I think the I think Infinite maybe came out in 2014? 2015? Oh, that sounds late. I was going to say like 12. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Bioshock Infinite. Hang on. Now I got to look it up. Am I that old? <laughs> oh, thank God I'm not. 2015. Oh, okay. How dare you try to then. gaslight me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, shit. Uh, no, my bad. Initial release date, okay. 2013. Uh, I was closer. Okay, Thank you. you. Were cl- okay. So I said 2014. You said 2012. We were just we met halfway. dancing all around yeah. it. So initial release date, 2013. And then it was a world released worldwide for everything else. Oh, a, line, a Linux port was in 2015. That's what I was misreading. I didn't read the whole thing, and that's what happens. There you go. This is what happens every time I play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, you got to read your cards. And I'm like, no, I that's, just want to oh, play the game. 100%, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I want to talk about Bioshock because I played them out of order. So I didn't initially play the first Bioshock game. Um, I had Bioshock 2. I think on PC of all things, like I found it somewhere. No, it had to be on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I own the PC version now, but I think initially I played it on PS2. Uh, so Bioshock 2 was my first exposure to Bioshock. And in Bioshock 2, you get to take on the role of the first game's big bad, basically. Well, not mm-hmm. big bad, but one of the primary antagonist types from the first game the big daddies so if you've never played a bioshock game here's the gist of the first two games because the third one takes a hard left turn the first two games take place in an underwater kind of 
think of the era between about 1930 to 1950 where things were like entering a wildly interesting industrial age and like everything was possible and it was kind of a mix of you know art deco meets futuristic ideas Mm -hmm. it's got a very unique look to it now splash that all underwater to make this wild underwater city kingdom called rapture so cool. And the gist is that some guy, I want to say that I forget what his name was, but some like kooky inventor was like, what if? Was it Andrew Ryan? Yeah. It's, it's oh, okay. Ryan. I can remember if like yeah. he was the like successor to the yeah, first Yeah, I think you're right. And he was like, what if we put a city under the water? And it's like, oh, why? Because it sounds cool. Because isn't it technically... It looks like it's around like the 40s, 30s, yes, 40s, right? I would say that it looks like it's 30s, 40s. Yeah. But it's got like this futuristic bent to it because Andrew Ryan was like a genius inventor or whatever. So it's got all it's this... It's not the easiest task to build a huge city under, under the water. Not the easiest task to build a giant city under the water. So it's, however, well past its heyday. So at one point it was a functioning wonder of the world, but something happened, shit went wrong, and now all of the humans that lived in Rapture, because, you know, they were excited about it. They were like, hell yes, we want to live under the sea yeah so a bunch of people moved down there and then stuff went sideways and now they're all splicers so splicers are basically people that got addicted to these sort of i guess you would call them like mutations mm-hmm. uh these mutations that you can buy out of vending machines what is the values the, out there what does the first game call them because i feel like they changed the name oh later on. Yeah, uh, uh, and we've had this discussion we before we've had this talk so many times <laughs> deja vu is hitting real yeah, hard right now god we, we uh, don't need to worry about it they're like these phasmids vile- Phasmids. I think you're right. Yeah, you look it up. I got it. I got you. So anyways, in the first two games, you've got these vending machine powers, basically. They're just straight up superpowers. Uh, In the first and or second game, I think it might be the first game, one of the abilities that has you shooting bees. Plasmids. Plasmids. I was close. Phasmids are are an insect. Yeah, plasmids. (laughs) Well, whatever. Anyways, plasmids. uh, And they're really, they basically just give your character all these kinds of crazy cool moves to fight all of the splicers who also have wild powers and they're basically insane. Like living underwater this long and being on these plasmids so long has made them all basically insane. Mm -hmm. So they're really creepy. The atmosphere is awesome. Awesome. But I still think the second game is better because A, it's the one I played first. And B, when I went back and tried to play the first rap the first rapture game, the first Bioshock game, I did not like it. I remember I found, it kind of took me a second to get into yeah, it as well. I found the overall experience to just be it like not not that it wasn't interesting but it just didn't have as much impact like everything kind of fell flat for me i had there's there's really nothing about the main character that makes him interesting or cool yeah you're just this faceless third person like it's not are you a silent protagonist you might be yeah he might not talk it's been so long though since it's been like 10 years since i played bioshock so the protagonist in the first game just absolutely sucks and even though the world is very cool and it's got a lot of neat world building i just didn't find it enough to be like yeah i think this is the pinnacle of bioshock which many people still consider it to be people are wrong because Bioshock <laughs> 2 and Bioshock Infinite I think are both vastly superior. I've still only played the first Bioshock. Which is a shame because Bioshock 2 when you actually get to be the big daddy it really changes oh, how bet. you're supposed to play the game because big daddies are slow. Mm-hmm. You're a big slow dude with a drill arm. Are you kidding me? So that cool. rules. And you like don't talk for a reason. You're like a horrible mishmash of who knows what they actually put in those suits to make the big daddies Mm -hmm. so you're this kind of nightmare creature but i think you maybe i think the premise of the second game is that you got like injured or like you maybe had a head injury and it kind of like knocked you almost normal yeah because like most of the big daddies are not exactly murderous fiends but their whole role is to take care of in-game creatures called the little sisters which are basically little you know human girls that Mm -hmm. have gotten something's wrong with them and now they're kind of sources of power right so one of the sort of moral decisions that you can make throughout i think both games is whether or not you're going to save little sisters or kill them Mm. to absorb their power there, I, I never killed a single little sister. Are you kidding me? That's crazy talk. <laughs> but in the second game, like you're a big daddy. That's your yeah. whole job. You got to protect the little sisters, and it rules. 
rules. And then you get to fight the best villain in the game, the big sisters. Yeah, so there's little sisters, big daddies, and then big sisters. That's awesome. And the whole... Big brothers, big sisters. Good program. You love to see it. Yeah, everybody go donate donate today to the big brothers, big sisters of America program. Uh, So I think the second game just really doubled down on the atmosphere. It didn't lose anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you still have just as interesting of a story, a fascinating atmosphere, a great world that just looks better because it was a little bit later on in the series. And on top of that, I thought the gameplay was better. I thought being a big daddy was the best. I really liked it. And then after that, you've got Bioshock Infinite, which takes the entire Bioshock vibe and puts it in a city in the sky instead, yep. like a floating paradise, which looks really cool. It looks Again, so like haven't played, cool. but just all the like screenshots, trailers, whatever. It just Bio- looks like it's. I still think very that cool. Of the three. I feel like if you went back today and played Bioshock Infinite, I think you would like it. Oh, I'm sure I yeah, would. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I'd like two. It's oh, just yeah. like, and I'm pretty sure, I know I have two, and I'm pretty sure I've got Bioshock through Infinite through PS Plus at some point. Oh, and yeah, then I'm pretty sure I got the, the Rapture Collection, like the remastered yeah, ones yeah. for PS4 that they did for all three of them. So I'm pretty sure I have them. <laughs> just, again... In the infinite backlog. In the infinite backlog, literally. Uh, So Bioshock Infinite takes everything to the sky. It gives you a speaking first-person character. Don't remember what his name is. We'll call him Kyle. Booker? Booker Yeah, maybe it is. Yes, Booker DeWitt. Wow. How do you know that? You didn't even play the game. Basically, Wikipedia is in here right now. It really is. (laughs) Because isn't Troy Baker his voice? Oh, yes. I think that's correct. Good old Troy Baker. Anyway, so you're playing this guy. NFTs. Yeah. He did. He eventually (laughs) backtracked on that. Which, good thing he did, because now have you seen all the articles about how NFTs are just like tanking? Yeah. It's like, good thing you didn't do that. I saw the one. Troy. I saw the one that was like Jack, the one for Jack Dorsey's, the Twitter founders, his first tweet. Person bought it for like twenty nine million or something like that. They he tried to sell it, got like two hundred and ninety eight dollars. That it. was like the top <laughs> bid, absolutely hysterical. Uh, Anyways, yeah. that's neither here nor there. The point is, Bioshock Infinite takes all of the Bioshock you know and love, puts it in a different setting, and gives you a couple of really interesting new characters to build a real story around. Yeah, I might even say Infinite is actually my favorite of the three. Now. Oh, like going back and really examining the stories of both, I think Infinite had the best well, one. And I I feel like you've talked about Infinite more throughout the history of the show. Yeah. Like I know we did the one that you talked about as pair of siblings that are yes, 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 yes. Before. The um, um, don't remember their names, but they're twins. Yes, the Deluke twins. That sounds familiar from what you've. Told I will me. look it up while you talk. Uh, went on later to find found Duluth Trading Company here, but um, yeah, I, I feel like you've talked about that one over the show more often than, than yeah. Two. Because I honestly forgot. Ah, yes. Yes, I say Lutechi. I think some people say Lutess. I will say that over my cold dead body. (laughs) Lutechi is way more fun. Anyways, the Lutechi twins, they are basically the genius scientists behind how this floating city in the sky works. And their whole story and what their deal is. And whenever they show up in game, you're like, oh, they're going to say something. They're going to be dropping truth bombs out here. I got to be ready for this. It's so fun. I thought the environment was incredible. I loved the gameplay. I definitely didn't make the most use out of all the different weapons you can get because Mm -hmm. some of them were just garbage. But for the most part, I thought the powers were really interesting. The story was just clearly the best one to me. Uh, And it was just a much, I mean, just literally both Bioshock 2 and Infinite, I think are leaps and bounds ahead of the first Bioshock. I would even say, don't play the first one. Don't bother. <laughs> just skip to Bioshock 2 if you want to get a taste of old Rapture mm-hmm. and then just plow right on ahead to Bioshock Infinite and actually have yourself a good time. Nice. Although Infinite can be played in any order because it's not really linked to the first two games much. There's a little bit, but not much. But not much. Just yeah. different location, it different It can totally characters. be yeah, played yeah, yeah. as its own standalone game. Very cool. So that's my first one. Very nice. Very nice. Good choice. Good choice. My second one, which I am just going to go ahead and say, like some of the games that I'm talking about today, I'm trying to like, intent- I know I've talked a lot about sequels that I I love so I'm trying to not like harp on them like my first thought for this one I was like oh man Assassin's Creed 2 is way better than Assassin's Creed but I've talked about Assassin's Creed 2 <laughs> so much shout out to it though also just gonna go ahead and do a little spoiler shout out it's not uh it's not one that I think about but I do still and I'm, I'm like on the fence about it so another reason why I still can't decide which one I like better but Last of Us Part 2 is also another uh big shout out for I this I wondered list. if you were going to talk about but that I've one I've talked about Last of Us Part 2 so much yeah you know I, I just kind of like I feel like I just be repeating myself again again like Last of Us Part 
Last of Us Part One is my number one favorite game, and Last of Us Part Two, I'm like trying to decide between the two which one is better. That's still. what I wasn't really sure about. I was like, so, does he think it's vastly better it, than exactly. the first one? I don't one? know if and it I clarifies as that, being like yeah. vastly better yeah, yeah. because like it is incredible and does a lot of things that the first one didn't, and it does it very well. But I think both of those are such. I hold as like masterpiece games. It's hard to like sit yeah. apples to apples and say which one's better. Course. So, so I'm doesn't not qualify. Necessarily talk disqualify. About them. Disqualify. Get it out of here. Get I don't it want out to of here. Again. <laughs> but the one that I am going to talk about is I feel like I actually might have played this one first of the series. And so maybe that's why it kind of like sticks out to me. So it's kind of like I had the 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 best one first and then I went back to the beginning ones. But I'm talking going to talk about for my number two pick. God of War three, oh. not the new the new one that kicks off over into Norse because I don't count that one. I count that one as like a it's that's a God new of War, series. but it's a new series. That's a new that's a new completely game. new look for Kratos. Completely new yeah. play style. Completely new like everything <laughs> new about it. New phone. Who dis? Who dis exactly. <laughs> and so uh, I want to go to to God of War three because I remember after I got my PlayStation three, which remember. For new listeners and older listeners alike, that was the very first console I ever owned was PlayStation. 3. Oh yeah, I forget about that. And so you know, I got my exposures then to like the Assassin's Creed, the Assassin's Creed twos, and all this. God of War three caught my attention because, and that's why I played it first because it came out on the PS three, and then they released God of War one and two as like a collection for the PS three later. So that's how I was able to play those. And but God of War three, I just remembered it being really a whole lot different than a lot of other stuff I'd played before. Like, I'd played the side-scrolling, like, slashy, you know, hack up games like that before, but I don't think I'd ever in, done one that was to the intensity of God of War 3. Yeah. And, and it's actually funny. We came up and talked about this, I feel like, last week, maybe for, like, a hot second, and then cause, and then I was talking about, about it with God Cody. God of War 3? Because I was talking about it with Cody when we were playing. I thought I told you this last week. I'm, oh, I'm maybe not. M- m- but also, I tune <laughs> you out so often. <laughs> what game am I talking about right now? God of War 3. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Pop quiz, you pass. Oh, God! <laughs> um, but just, it, it's come up recently, and I just think back to it. And it's one of those things, it's been so long since I've actually played. I don't remember a ton of the story beats and other than the Kratos fact that... Kratos be mad. Kratos be he mad. Be angry. I know, you know, it starts off with this incredible... And that was one of the things about it. Like, you've done all these... You know, in, in the first two games, God of War 1 and 2, they had, like, incredible set pieces. You would fight incredible... Like, I've talked about before uh, the final fight against Ares in God of War 1 being, like, an incredible final boss fight that we've talked about before. And it was. And this game is just chock full of those. But God of War 3 really just, like, takes it on the massive scale to another level because this one you start off in like the environments the enemies the bosses everything because like you start off on this one literally riding the back of a titan up mount olympus to go like wreak havoc on the gods what an what an intro and then you immediately have to fight poseidon so like you're no longer like yes you fought some like the the greek pantheon and everything like that like obviously the first one you're fighting Ares and stuff like that but like these this is like okay we're on their turf and they are fucking pissed now and they're gonna come after us so like poseidon right off the bat and this this massive fight and so it's like you know obviously he's a water god but like up on this mountain and so he's like bringing in like these massive like fountains. He's like riding oh, a chariot so of horses cool. made of water. And what a badass. It's just, it's just such a good fight. And again, you're on like the back of this Titan. So it's this moving force as you're like, so your environment is like moving as you're like climbing up it. It was just like this, such a dynamic experience to be playing through this. And so I just remember those moments so much from it. And then especially because the first time I actually played any of it was I downloaded the demo oh. and in that one is when you go through it and you actually have the fight against uh, the god Helios. And you mean the th- Apollo? Well, in this one, it's Helios. Actually, <laughs> they may or may not be the same thing. Anyways, I think continue. they're different. But because uh, I feel like you might fight Apollo later. I don't remember exactly. But anyway, Helios, um, you it's one of the things that God of War that God of War does is that so- you will sometimes after defeating a god or anything, you will imbue their abilities and their power. Helios is like the god of the sun or of light or something like that. And so that was like this big moment that you go in the demo. You're fighting through these beasts. I remember you fight this massive like tiger, I mean, lion eagle creature and everything. Illegal, if you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you fight against that. And it, that meet, and it was like also had a tail. So it was like almost like a scorpion mix in there too, if I'm remembering correctly. That sounds like a chimera. And it might be. And I, and oh, no, that sounds like a manticore. It might be a manticore. Um, but... It's um, 
It's one of those things that's like, I remember fighting that and just being like, again, like knocked off my, knocked, had my socks knocked off with just like how cool the monster Kratos and creature design was. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. It's just all this different stuff going on. And so you're like, God, it just looks so cool. And especially, granted, I hadn't played the other two yet, but the other stuff you go and look up is like, you know, the PS2 graphics of the early God of Wars and stuff like that. And then you see it here and so on the power of the PS3 at the time where it's like, like had the visual quality ramped up to an 11 and all this other stuff. And so, but getting back to the Helios fight is where it really like cemented it for me. I was like, this is different than everything, I've, anything I've really played. Yeah. And because like you get to Helios and you beat him because he's flying around like this chariot in the sky and then you go and uh, finally beat him and you just like pummel the shit oh, out of him. Oh, poor Helios. With your, with your fists and stuff. You're oh. just like smacking him into the ground. And I remember the other thing in God of War, the brutal moments are often tied to quick time events. So you're just like oh, mashing circle yeah, yeah, yeah. or like square triangle just bashing into this guy. And then when he's finally beat down, again, going back to the imbuing the power of the, of the gods that you defeat or using them for your own purposes, you grab, Kratos reaches over, grabs Helios by the top of the head and under the chin and he, Helios is on the ground on his stomach and Kratos is on top of him from behind and just grabs his head and starts pulling and you're like mashing circle and you're like, what's going to happen? Is he going to break his neck? No, Kratos straight up in the most graphic way just like rips Helios' oh, head from his body. God. And then Helios' like death cry is he like, uh, like out of his eyes and mouth comes just like these huge beams of light as he screams. Oh, Throughout the rest of the game, you use his head as a flashlight. Oh my God. And to like wow. reveal <laughs> hidden symbols and, and doorways and Poor passages. Poor Helios. In the <laughs> he doesn't deserve this. <laughs> so it's just like, it's one of those things. I was just like, you know, I was like, what? This is crazy. It's so it just like has always those moments of God of War three have always stuck in my head. Uh, you know, more so than God of War 1 and 2. I don't really yeah. remember what you did in those other than fighting Which Ares I at the end. Which I think that's the argument. But like God of War 3, remember I remember them. so many of these specific little moments and in, in, in stuff like that where I just think like the impact of and the wow factor of God of War 3 yeah. was even higher than the wow factor of the previous two games. So that's Amazing. why it sits at my number two on this list. Good choice. Good choice. So I am having a bit of difficulty deciding because I definitely know what my first game I want to talk about mm. is my air quotes number one. But the middle ground game, I really, like, part of me wants to go between two, two different ones. So in my head, I'm going to assign one of these hands, each of these hands, a value. Okay. This is, um, all right, you turn your face away, and I'm going to, like, mouth it to the camera. Okay. And then, and then don't, no, you have to go Audio back. listeners, and sorry. Then, and then this one is. Okay. Okay. All right, so this one's that, and this one's that. Pick. <sighs> the Fitbit draws my eye. Oh, you should have picked this one. All right, I picked that <laughs> no, one. No, no, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I really do. I want to talk about both of these games, and I'm going to have a reason to talk about this one later. So I'm actually kind of glad you picked this one, because I will probably... I can't wait to use a still of you going like this for the <laughs> thumbnail to make it look like we're about to get into fisticuffs. <laughs> This one I feel like we will probably never really have a good opportunity to talk about again. Okay. And I've got a bit of a curveball for everybody. Oh. It's a mobile game. Oh. And kind of a recent one. Oh. So I want to talk about Demo 2. I don't think I've ever mentioned it here. Yeah, I've never have, heard of this. <laughs> I am pretty sure I've mentioned it on our Discord. Okay. Because I love Demo 2. Nice. So as we're doing this, I'm actually going to pull it up so that you can kind of just see what the game is like okay. because it's, as far as mobile games go, it's so pretty. So first of all, it's by Rayarch Games. Okay. Rayarch Games has been behind basically all of my favorite mobile games. I very much thought about doing their other big title, Cetus 2, C-Y-T-U-S, and then the number two. But I decided to go with Demo 2 for a couple of reasons. The biggest one being that, it, I mean, the biggest one being that compared to its first game, Demo, it's a vastly superior experience. Mm -hmm. It Oh, it has to download an update. Aww. Anyways, so it, it meets the criteria of, do I think it's better than the first game? Yes. Do I think it's incredibly better than the first game? Also, yes. So Demo and Demo 2, for anybody that is unaware of what these games are, they are rhythm games. Mm -hmm. So they're mobile rhythm games that are really centered around uh, an adaptation of playing the piano. Oh, 
So unlike with Cetus 2, and I'm going to kind of like mime some stuff on my phone so that you can kind of get a gist of what I'm what I'm doing here. Cetus 2 had a lot of very dynamic movement around the screen. You would use your two thumbs to basically hit uh, rhythm points in time to the beat to accomplish a song, to finish a song. Uh, and it was just all over the place. You would have taps, you would have long taps, you would have to draw lines around the screen in time to the beat with specific um, patterns. Demo is very, very different. Cetus is very much like a futuristic game. It's supposed to take place in a far future, almost like like post-dystopia. Yeah. Like humanity basically got wiped out. And then in Cetus 2's future, humanity is kind of coming back because the robots that we left behind are helping basically get us back on our feet. Sure. So there's a lot of questions in Cetus 2 about like, what does it mean to be a robot versus a human? And are we truly alive? Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of crazy shit going on. You just sort of drag and drop around. Okay, okay. But Demo is much more of an... Like an emotional, impressionistic game, especially the first one. The first game is sort of centered around this young girl named Alice, and the start of the game sees her tumbling down into this almost dreamlike world is really, I think, the word I'm looking for. This dreamlike world of just sort of white space and grays and blacks mm -hmm. and what's going on down there. And she meets this character called Demo. And Demo is this tall, skinny goo man that's the oh, best way an event ticket oh yay thank you um that's the best way that i can describe <laughs> i need those <laughs> that's the best way that i can describe demo because he's not a ghost like he actually does have a physical form you can touch him mm -hmm. you can't walk straight through him and in demo 2 it's even a thing where you can talk to other characters and there will be little announcements on the pa that'll be like as a reminder you cannot walk through demo please don't try <laughs> it hurts his feelings <laughs> but, but but demo is just like this strong strange, almost incorporeal looking thing. Uh -huh. He just has eyes and he wears a little newsboy cap and he's blue and shiny and he has no mouth so he doesn't talk. And he's got these long, spindly fingers. And his whole deal is playing the piano. Oh, I just see him. Yeah, there's Demo. What up, dude? Yeah, what up, Demo? Uh, so Demo is just this strange creature. And in the first game, Alice is like, um, <laughs> and he's like, because so, <laughs> I'm not talk. really good, he can't talk. So it's just really awkward. And basically, the the premise of the first game is that Alice and Demo are progressively playing music to get Alice out of this dream world, okay. and like they're trying to grow a tree to like basically blast her back into air quotes the real world, more or less. Big spoiler for the first game, uh -oh. so brace yourself for this. Demo is actually the ghost of her deceased brother, Klaus. Oh, I think his name is Klaus. I could be wrong about I'm 95% sure it's Klaus. So Klaus, I think, died either of an illness or maybe a car crash. He may have died in a car crash. Gotcha, another event ticket. Oh, or maybe Alice is the one who was in a car crash and she was in a coma and then she met Demo in the afterlife oh. and then she got back out. Anyways, Alice almost dies. Klaus is dead and he's Demo. The Rip. second game, I don't know how. I really kind of don't think that it's... I could be wrong about this because I have not actually finished the story, but sure. um, I don't really know if it's related to the first game at all, other than the fact that Demo's in it again. Hmm. So the second game takes, it just throws all of the premise from the first game into the garbage, except for the main mechanics, the piano playing, which is very, very fun. Like one, it's difficult for starters mm -hmm. that this is a hard game. If you want to play a rhythm game and actually feel really challenged by it. Cause I, I mean, I was too. expecting this to be like your guitar heroes. From, it's not like, cause you said like rhythm based so, game. I'm yeah. expecting something bright colors, lots of flashy so lights. Something that Jared is experiencing right now is that demo two takes place in a, a pseudo, not abandoned because a bunch of people live in a derelict. That's mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for in a derelict train station. And uh, the main character of Echo, she's sort of the only human-looking person. Not the only. She is one of the only human-looking people in this train station. All of the other characters kind of look like these... Just sort of not, they're, they're humanoid, but they're kind of like blob people. Sure. So these humanoid blob people, and then there's Demo, and it's like, oh, God. Stands out. He, stands <laughs> yeah, he out. really stands out. So Echo and Demo really stand out from the crowd. Uh, they're they're kind of weird looking. But the idea is everyone in the train station is stuck in it because outside is the rain, the hollow rain. And the hollow rain, if it touches you, white flowers start to bloom on you. 
And if it happens too much, you will bloom into nothingness. Like you will bloom away and your Thanos entire snaps. Thanos snap snaps. Style. Yeah, you get Thanos snapped into white flowers. So Echo did get bloomed. So she got caught in the in the hollow rain. She bloomed, but supposedly this mysterious uh, person called the composer saves her oh. and brings her back. And it's like the miracle that kind of kicks off the start of the game. Got it. So Echo is trying to sort of figure out, hey, she's trying to help everybody in the train station because the hollow rain is everywhere. Sure. And if they can't stop it, they're probably all going to starve to death in this train station because it's a very contained space. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to find ways to stop the hollow rain and also nicen up the train station. So it does something that I have seen very few um, rhythm games choose to do, which is combine some pretty heavy RPG elements. I was about to say, this into, game has layers. Yeah, it has layers. Like that's You don't see this much with rhythm games, and I've played a lot of them because mm -hmm. I love rhythm games. So you've actually got main characters. They talk to each other, not D because he doesn't talk but he can mime he can do his best there's a lot happening in the story that you actually see play out in front of you in contrast to Cetus 2 all of the story most of the story was kind of buried under this layer of you have to go and read in-game message boards basically to understand what's happening mm. in demo 2 that is not the case the story is very planned out it's very narrated to you in order of the way it wants you to experience things so it definitely has a much more intentional feel to it the gameplay is improved it's not necessarily better to an extent yeah. but it is i mean it is it's better yeah. like they just made massive improvements from the first game which came out many years ago at this point demo 2 just came out in the west back in february of this year so it's still quite new so the gameplay is better the visuals are beautiful it looks like studio ghibli-esque which is fantastic it does not yeah. again not what i was expecting it to not look like you when expecting. you say rhythm game yeah and the animated portions are animated beautifully yeah. it looks great it looks like it's such a good game it's free it is completely free really so obviously it's a rhythm game so it is monetized through um it's you have not, to buy the top 40 hits there to play. aren't even ads it is a free ad free game the only way that it's monetized is through purchasable song packs oh. so if you want to buy more song packs you can but i have so far paid no money into this game and i'm still having a blast and i don't feel like i'm really missing out on much other than like i really want that one well, song that's from that like one the, specific song pack that's like the, <laughs> the perfect kind of like of a, of a dlc yeah. kind of thing where it's just like okay you have enough in the game to enjoy it and get the full experience if you're wanting more here you go. A few more songs for yeah. you to do. Also, it's very much got a strong community bent to it because there are consistent events that come out, much like events in other, air quotes, live service games, sure. where it's like, okay, everybody, we've got a community event going on. We need all of you to go play the spring festival event. And if everybody in the world collectively meets these points milestones of playing in the event, you get sweet prizes. So it's like, oh shit, we all got to play. Otherwise, we're not going to get the sweet prizes. So it's got a really nice community feel to it. Um, if you go if you go on to Demo2 Twitter, you'll just, you'll feel so bad about yourself because it's all of these videos of people posting. They're like, extremely difficult, super, <laughs> no hit, like 10 out of 10. And it's like, oh, I'll never be that good. I won't be this cool ever. I will never be this cool in my life. But Demo2 is vastly superior to the first game, in my opinion. And I think I'm right about that actually it's a fact it's not my opinion that's a fact <laughs> and i would very much recommend it to any fan of rhythm games if you have a phone and no money because it's free you can go play demo 2 right now and have yourself a good old time nice demo 2 what a fun game very D fun d-e-e-m-o-2 demo 2 i was about to say the whole time i was like you're saying demo wrong <laughs> <laughs> it's demo <laughs> It's so cute, actually. So the game is entirely voiced in Japanese because mm -hmm. when they localized it to the West, it's just a translation. Sure. So the characters talk in either nonsense speak like the blob people or Japanese, which is adorable. And the way that Echo says Demo is so cute. She's just like, Demo. And I'm like, oh, it's adorable. <laughs> I love this. Anyways, fantastic game. Would recommend far more so than the first game. Very nice. You know, I feel like we're really subverting expectations here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like people yeah. came up into this and they'd be like, you know what? I'm skipping this episode because I feel like they've already talked about all the games they could talk about. Well, guess what? False. I'm talking about a game that I've talked about before, but <laughs> a game that I haven't talked about in a very, very long time for my uh, for my top pick here in this list episode. Oh my gosh. And it is, do you have any guesses? You haven't talked about it in a long, long time? I haven't talked about it in a long time, but 
I talked about it a lot when it came out. When it came out. Did Ooh. similar thing to like Horizon here where we, I did like periodic updates on my progress. Oh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption wow. 2. Oh, yeah, we haven't Root talked about that. Root and cowboy shooting. Root and toot and cowboy shooting. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one? Steely wheelie automobile Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but yes, Red Dead Redemption 2. I have talked about on the show before. You know, this game and the first game, Red Dead Redemption, which Red Dead Redemption is a great game. I would still say go back and play both the first one because you can still have so much fun with that one. And there's still a ton to do. I mean, it's a rock star game. There's a lot to do. It has a huge world, lots of side quests, lots of side activities. Um, I actually, now that I think about it, I completed like the main story part of Red Dead 1. The epilogue, I don't think I ever did. Because I want to say... Was the epilogue DLC? No, the epilogue wasn't DLC. Oh. But I want to say when I got robbed is oh. <laughs> when I was there. And oh, so dear. I think like they, oh, they you stole got, like, my PS3. Game. Oh, yeah, Like real, real life real robbed. real robbed. Real oh, life robbed. Oh, jeez. And uh, they stole my PS3 and I'm pretty sure like my save file and all that stuff was on no. it. So I never well, went back. Well, that's a pretty good reason uh, to have never played the epilogue. Yeah, I was like, I don't think epilogue. I'll play this one again. I can't remember. I feel like it was around the same time. So I feel like that's what happened. Oh, bummer. But um, Red Dead 1, which I've gone back and like messed around in Red Dead 1 and stuff and had a good time with it. But Red Dead 1, while I really liked Red Dead 2, much to what we've talked about, the main theme of this one, just vastly built upon what it was yeah. both in um technical aspects like the graphics I mean, of red dead 2 jesus they're good the divide in years yes that one took a long like eight to ten time. years yeah. i want to say that in was between. a big gap and so it was you know th so there's a lot of time for the improvement there and so yes i feel like red dead 2 i will say technically it does have a huge leaps and bounds look and everything of the first one but that, but I feel like it had to because the first one, like I remember sitting there playing the first one with my roommate at the time, his brother, and we were playing it and stuff, and we were both just like freaking out over how good the horses were. Obviously, cowboy game, like you got to have that, but like for the time back in 2010 or whatever, we were like, good God, these horses are awesome. Yeah. Come to Redhead 2, the horses are even better, <laughs> like, you know, and everything, and just what they do. And that, I know that's a very small part, but it also is in everything where it's like the soundtrack of Red Dead 1 is great, the soundtrack of Red Dead 2. It's so good. There are so many good songs and tracks in that one. And I even bought like the uh, music inspired by like one that like has, you know, like different covers of songs. Like there's Cruel World by Willie Nelson, Cruel World by Josh Holm of. Uh, oh, good God. High no one. Musical? No, no one knows. Is there is one of their songs. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, and, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he's and so he does like cover of that. There's a. This awesome song, Unshaken, which is like kind of the main theme, I would almost say, of Red Dead 2 by D'Angelo. And it's great, too. Uh, and so Rihanna, Rihanna Gidding, saying her name or last name wrong, I believe it's Giddings, is on there, does a couple there, too. Anyway, fantastic score, fantastic everything to accompany this game. Uh, but it also does everything. The world is massive. There are even more side activities, but not to the point where it's like... There are side activities where, like, if you really wanted to, to go and, like, find stuff, I see videos and clips of different things, and I'm like, like, apparently in, in one area, you can, like, have a run-in with a vampire. Oh, my and God, I'm like, really? Yeah, and I'm like, what? That's so cool. You I want to go find that. the vampire yet? No, but, like, oh, it does have, I do remember the one thing of Red Dead 1 that, I, that with kind of, like, these side world things that you would discover. I feel like you did get ambushed and just generally attacked way more often in Red Dead 1, like you just, you would like be running down the road on your horse, galloping full speed. You see a wagon on the side of the road and you're like, there is a 75% chance they're going to jump me. And <laughs> uh, yeah, mostly, usually they did. It was the Wild West. I know, Jared. but I feel, but it almost got to the point in Red Dead 1 where I was like, let me do something, Christ. Yeah, no, I understand. Sometimes it's just like, no, I just want to do the main story. Quit Get away from attacking me. me. And stuff like that happened in Red Dead 2, but I felt like it was more measured. So like yeah. that was an improvement even, where I, where I feel like I could actually go out and explore without just being... You immediately know, derailed. Immediately, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like how in Far Cry 3, like I felt like I could I would be like... Whew, that was a really tough fight. Glad I got out of that one. Turn around and get immediately ambushed <laughs> Just by a get tiger. Shot right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all that weird kind of stuff. But anyway, so I feel like they spaced out their world events better. One kind of thing that did honestly drive me mad in the first Red Dead is that a lot of it, you know, you're, you'd go do a main storyline or a main quest, something like that. 
and you'd have to travel from one place to another and you would usually do it with companions of some kind, like either a posse of other cowboys to go take on a rival gang or um, just another traveling companion that you had with you at the time. But obviously they're trying to simulate that you're riding on horses and all that stuff. So it wasn't just like the conversations that you'd have while you were riding would be just these normal, like in normal tones, like what we're talking about now. You're on a horse. So you're there like yelling over the horses. So it sounds like 75% of the conversations you have in this game are being like, where are we going to? We're going to get down to this big pass just over this gorge and then we'll be there. Why are we going after these outlaws? Well, they stole my bank and killed my baby brother back in 20, 1872. And now I'm going crazy after him. And just like this like yell cadence to everything. And I'm just like, oh, stop. <laughs> that <there> sounds <laughs> horrible. Oh, my God. And there was part of that in Red Dead 2. Sure, because you're still on horses and you still got to listen to Dutch yell about his plan and going to Tahiti and all this other fun stuff like he wants to do. But I just feel like it was more, again, measured and leveled yeah, out across got the board. The, um, they finessed it. Exactly. They, they figured finessed out it how a little to bit. finesse it. Uh, and just too, like, it was one of the things like Red Dead also required like a three hour tutorial to like, oh my God. The, like played <laughs> out throughout the game. But I remember like the different things, like the hunting felt way more advanced and everything almost to the point where I didn't really dabble in it. I will say like there were, there were some instances where I felt like, okay, you took it too far, but um, I know you had to hunt to get like, be able to craft some various things, but I'm not out there. I wasn't out there going for like the legendary beasts and stuff like that. Cause that like I did a few, but not like every single one. Yeah. Uh, so I just love that it did all these different, you know, that it just expanded on all these side areas, put it in a bigger world, put it in a much more beautiful world. Like, I mean, legit Red Dead 2 is just, I mean, I think Horizon Forbidden West is beautiful, is beautiful game and all that stuff. Last of Us Part 2 is also beautifully animated for their realism. Yeah. And but like Red Dead 2. Good God, it's crazy. So they just refined everything. Refined it out yeah. really well. But what I do like and why I think that I do like Red Dead 2 over Red Dead 1, while I love the story of John Marston and Red Dead 1, I kind of like that Red Dead 2 was the prequel. Yeah. And I love that we saw, we ran into these, you know, people like you're hunting, like one of the first people you, you like are hunting down is John Marston because you're like turning against your old gang because you're trying to get out of that life and like, and you're helping the government and the government's kind of like blackmailing you into helping them and all that stuff, track them down. So like you're hunting down your old your old uh, gang members like Bill Williamson is one of the first ones that you have to go through in Red Dead One. Well, it's really cool to then have Red Dead Two where you're alongside this character and you're not John Marston Red Dead Two, you're uh, Arthur Morgan, and so you're playing along John Marston, you're playing along Bill Williamson, and it's just crazy and it's all about like how the whole gang like dissolves and falls apart basically over time, and so it's just very cool to see that de-evolution of this like once at the beginning of Red Dead 2 very strong like almost family unit of a gang and then just slowly over time just starts going to pieces yeah and so it's very cool to get those more in-depth character studies uh you get these characters fleshed out a little bit more than just like oh, I used to run with that guy back in the day and you know and all that stuff and so just getting the world I feel like it really fleshed the world of Red Dead out more than the first game did so I just think it's just a technical masterpiece I think the story was great and just all the things about it. like you get, it's one that you could just get in and just never leave. And yeah. people don't like there, you know, I know people are still playing people online. have the complaints yeah. with the red dead online and all, everything like that, but still it's got its community. But like people single player through red dead two are just, you know, plenty of plenty for you to do and explore. So Very red nice. dead two. Very good choice. I definitely was not expecting. I felt like maybe you were going to talk about God of War, but for other reasons. Right. That one I was not expecting. Well, you, there you, you go. Me, Just full of surprises. <laughs> but what what game? Which game tops out your list? It's no surprise. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still going blank so, on your choices. <laughs> as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, "Oh, that makes oh, yeah, perfect duh. sense." Uh, it's Portal Two. Oh. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I'm not going to harp on this too much because I've talked about Portal 2 ad nauseum. The reason that I'm talking about it here again is because I do still think that it is a vast improvement over the first game. Now, a lot of people could say like, uh, is it though? I personally think yes for a few very specific reasons. So Portal, for anybody that hasn't played it, is a futuristic sci-fi game. It's a sci-fi puzzle game. Sure. It's primarily a physics, yeah, physics puzzler is what I would call it. Because you play as a silent protagonist, Chell, and she has woken up in this futuristic facility, like this testing facility, and she doesn't know what's going on, but shit's not good. Mm -hmm. Some bad stuff is happening. She's surrounded by vicious robots every which way, mainly Gladys, a, um, a very advanced AI that is running many, many tests 
on just all kinds of stuff, just just every everything, every which way. And to accomplish these tests, Shell has to use a portal gun to get around. The idea of the portal gun is you click one button. I think it's either R1 or it's, let's just use L1 and R1 sure. for the purposes of this example. You hit L1 at a wall, like you far, fire the portal gun at a wall that is the right texture, I'll just say, and it opens up a yellow portal. Then you hit R2 on another wall and it opens up a blue portal. And when you run through one of the portals, you come out the other one. If you've played Splitgate, you get the concept. I I, I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah, if you've, play, if you've played Splitgate, you totally get it. I have so, played Portal 1. I, don't, I haven't played portal two yet don't worry you don't need to <laughs> so a lot of people would say actually you totally need to i think they are both very much worth playing i still think that if you've played portal two and you haven't played portal one you can still get a lot out of it but i think that portal two did the red dead two mm -hmm. it took everything from the first game jacked it up to 11 and refined all of it so for starters, these are pretty old games. I think the first Portal maybe came out in 2007. Yeah. And then I think the second one came out in maybe 2010 or 2011. They were pretty close behind each other. Uh, and the basic concept is still exactly the same. You're actually still chill. You have still woken up in the futuristic sci-fi testing facility. But now you're being accompanied by this new little AI robot named Wheatley. Okay, I couldn't remember if Wheatley was in one or two. Wheatley so. is in the second okay. game. Wheatley is one of the reasons. So Gladys as, as a character is 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Portal 2 is an 11 out of 10 because it has Gladys. Gladys is in it in a big way. Mm -hmm. Gladys is still in the second way in a big, is still in the second game in a big way. But she is joined by this new character of Wheatley, who in comparison to Gladys, who is just like murder bot times 10,000. <laughs> and she has no... No qualms about her her penchant for just causing misery and terror. She seems to even enjoy it. And it's like, aren't you supposed to be objective? <laughs> and she's like, no, bitch. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> Wheatley is voiced by comedian. I cannot remember whose name it is. But he is like Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Thank you. Told you. Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Wheatley is voiced by comedian Stephen Merchant, who gives him like this fun little peppy British accent. Because I think he is. British. He is. He's he's Stephen British. Merchant's yeah. hilarious. But so Wheatley has like this cute British accent and he's like, oh, hello there. Oh, greetings, friend. You look like you maybe got some cryogenic sleep brain damage. And it's like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. But it's you and Wheatley, for the most part, going through the facility, doing much of what you did in the first game, going through these different tests, trials, basically, to get from point A to point B using your portals. It's the exact same concept. But they add in a bunch of fun new mechanics, Ooh. especially in the later half of the game. So the first half of Portal 2 pretty much plays out almost identically to the first game, just with different puzzles, obviously. Sure. But kind of right about at the halfway point, I would say. Possibly the three-fourths point. But as you get closer into the end game of Portal 2, things just become incredibly engrossing with regards to the story. You have Cave Johnson, the best character of all time, voiced by Dan Simmons? J.K. J.K. Simmons. J.K. <laughs> I'm reading a book by Dan Simmons. Oh. That's why I'm confused. I was like, okay. close. Had me there in the first half. I got the Simmons part. <laughs> uh, so J.K. Simmons voices a character of uh, Cave Johnson. He is actually the founder of Aperture Science, the facility that you've been in. And you come across all of these recordings that he left behind at the testing facility because eventually you fall basically from the new fancy facility into old Aperture. Oh, and so everything too far well yeah you went a little too far but everything suddenly has this like astro adventurous 1950s feel because it's modeled after okay well what if they got crazy technology kind of right when people were just starting to go to space Ooh. so that's the vibe it's like it's old but it's way way advanced so you're hearing about all of the history that sort of led to aperture science in the first place and it just doubles down on all the story beats that you got in the first game vastly expands on them and then adds all of these fun new mechanics in on top of that the goo the very i've talked a lot about goo this I episode <laughs> the i don't know why the various colored goos that you can get way later in the puzzles uh in portal 2 make it so 
fun. Nice. There's bounce goo. There's slooper slide speed goo. <laughs> and then there's Cave Johnson just shouting at you the whole time. And you're like, oh, my God, this rules. So the story is incredible. I think all of the characters are even better than they were before. And the gameplay is even better than it was before. Yeah. I think that there's no reason not to say that Portal 2 is the better experience. So even if you haven't played Portal 1, I think you should still play Portal 2. I think you'll be able to, through context clues, put it all together. Sure. Uh, but if you can play both of them do, I still think you're going to have more fun with Portal 2 overall. Very nice. So that's my number one, and I'm not sorry about it. It's the superior game. Sounds like a great one, so no need to be sorry about No it. need to be sorry. Didn't Zach way back when talk about cave johnson yeah he did like it's, it's something it like one of our first like character episodes yeah like character reveal or like favorite yeah. like side character something like oh, that. oh yeah and he talked about cave johnson so if we can find that episode you should go back and listen to yeah. it because that was some fun stuff it was some fun stuff but yeah that wraps up our list of some sequels that are better than the original I realized before we started recording this, I forgot to ask, but do we have a moment with Mogan? Yes. Oh, <laughs> God. Let's do that before we, have, okay, before, stall, we uh, Jared. before we get to the wrap up this episode. Let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. Okay. So this, as the list pulls up, this episode's release date will be April 21st. It mm, will be. It'll be the 21st. Good question. It'll be the 21st, because I know when payday is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so out as of this week. I hope so nobody we forgets have... that this episode comes out after celebrating all day the day before. What? It's 420 the day before. Oh. Hopefully nobody forgets. Oh my God, okay. Whatever, <laughs> drug addict, shame on you. <laughs> Anyways. All right, so out as of this episode's air date, in no particular order, we've got Road 96 close call it could have been the perfect number <laughs> and we've <laughs> we've got road 96 for ps5 xbox series xns ps4 and xbox one star wars the force unleashed is getting its uh much anticipated switch remaster i really think it's a remaster remaster right? port something yeah remaster port uh so star wars the force unleashed is out now for the switch Teardown for PC is out now. Zombie Army 4 Dead War is out for the Switch on April 26th, a little bit later this month. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Ark is actually really excited about this one nice. in particular. That's out for all next-gen and current-gen consoles, including Switch and PC. Because hasn't that been out, Stanley Parable or something principal? Sorry, hasn't that been out? For a while? Yeah, the Stanley Parable, yes. Parable. Yeah, the Stanley Parable has been around for quite a while. Isn't that the I one think. that like has like an achievement or something that it's like if you do you, you have to like come back to it like five years after you oh started? Oh my god, or I don't like the, you'll have to ask Ark about I think, that. Good Ark, question. Thank you for this topic, but <laughs> yeah, also geez. can you answer my question now, please? Thank yeah. you. Does the does the, does the uh, Stanley Parable Make you wait five years for an achievement? I feel like what I've heard that somewhere. Man, that sounds awesome. That's kind of cool, though. Anyways, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt is oh. coming out for PS5 and PC only on April 27th. Bug Snacks is getting Xbox Series XNS, Xbox One, and Switch ports on April 28th. That's cool. Man. That's exciting. Bug Snacks, you... Oh, you need to get Bug Snacks for I Switch. Know, I know. It sounds like a fun it's game. It's so fun. Will. You would love Bug yeah. Snacks. Uh, Dwarf Romantic... I've never heard of this I game in my either. life. Dorf Romantic uh, is coming out for PC on April 28th. Rogue Legacy 2. Somebody actually just talked about Rogue Legacy in our Discord mm -hmm. just earlier this week. Um, apparently, it's like a Metroidvania. I've tried Rogue it. It's, it's like a. It's it's a yeah. It's like a. It's like a Hades. It's like a kind of thing where it's like the the uh, uh, procedurally generated yeah, yeah, yeah. dungeon crawler, basically, and. It's hard, <laughs> like every other dungeon crawler. For That's like what that. I heard, so I'm like, no. But yeah, it's, Anyways, a, it's a toughie. But it's like cute 8-bit graphics oh, and stuff, so cute. it's kind of fun. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is out for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on April 28th. Unsold! Soulsborne is going to be mad. <laughs> it's coming out for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 28th. And rounding out the, <gasps> rounding out the end of the month, the game that actually matters, Nintendo Switch Sports. <sighs> Oh my god! god. I, damn I it. didn't realize it was coming out at the end of this month. Oh my we god! We gotta get it and we gotta play another one. 
we gotta play this. Like, how can we not? We have to. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports is coming out, obviously exclusively for the Switch, on April 29th. I was really hoping I could get on the PS5. I'm excited. I gotta finish. Aloy goes west I know. I'm like, I was playing it this morning, and I, and I like lo- looked at, again, opened up the map, and I was like, good God, I have so There's much left so to do. There's so much I, left. And I, like, I am like over 30 hours in now at this point, and I was like, good God, I'm gonna be in this one for a long time. Oh, but I'm well. not complaining, though. You're only... Th- Dude, I think I've crossed the 80-hour mark. Good God. I think I, well I don't think there's any way I can catch point. up. I just have not had the time I know. to like I get mean, the flat butt sessions. I have in had on. so many flat butt sessions at this point. It's a miracle I have any butt <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm going to need those Hank Hill implants. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, that's what's coming out and coming soon. Um, and, yeah, those are our top three sequels that were far vastly superior to their first games. There you have it, folks. So, we would, of course, love to hear your picks for which sequels you think were better than the original. So, let us know by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com, commenting below wherever you're listening to or watching the episode, or hey, join our fun Discord and talk about it with us there. We'd love to have it. There's have emotes. you there? There's emotes, and we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff that you can do over there on the old Discord. But thanks for joining us this week on a uh, fun episode of Team Chat Podcast. Come back next week. It is not an episode next week because it's the last... It's going to be our stream. Is it? I did this last week, last month, and I was wrong. So I'm going to double check myself. I think we're right because this... Yes, it'll be next week. So this is Thursday's episode. Yes. The next week week, on Wednesday. Check our socials because we will be putting out the exact day that we'll be doing the stream. But it is our monthly Team Chat Plays where we will be... Fingers crossed to high heaven. We will be finishing Guacamelee 2. I know we've said that. This time for real. Believe us. This time this for time. real. Because we compared, checked the hours. Compared to, the, yeah, to we, where we compared. are, completion for when I beat the game to where we are now, we are within an hour and a half. Yeah. And that's how long we usually play for until we throw our hands up in despair we that we're never going to beat the game. We can do so, it. So it's happening this time. Yeah. Be there or be square. It'll either be on Wednesday or Friday. We kind of switch around when we do it sometimes. Yeah. I feel like probably Friday. Probably would Friday. Be best. So keep we that in your... We will put that out later. Yeah. Keep an eye on the socials. But anyway, so join us for that next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you all next time. Peace out.